Okay, we're back. Has everyone blown their nose? You blown your nose? Yep. Everybody's sick, but we're here. Maybe we, I think we might sound a little bit better. My voice has been deeper. It's sexier. Ivy, Ivy's not sick. She had her cold a couple months ago. Oh, she did, yeah. And Rue's not sick. Is she? She has a rash, so. Yeah. I guess we'll, ow, Ivy, ow, Ivy. She's in my lap. She's like really getting after my arm. Dude, stop. Okay. Jeez Louise. It's episode, episode 85. Is it episode 85? What day is it? Uh, yeah, we had to take a bit of a hiatus because uh, I legitimately was like actually sick. Like actually legitimately sick. Oozing, coughing. I'm still coughing. <sighs> you're still oozing a little you did have mustard colored snot yesterday yeah yesterday was not a good day for my sinuses it's like it was ever, concerning yeah it was and it was disgusting i know and you kept kind of showing me like you were proud of it too no, which was, was like, <laughs> i don't know what's going on and i need a second opinion it was like every time i'd blow my nose i'd be like there cannot possibly be anything left in there and then I blow it again, and it would be like a full tissue. I was worried brain matter was going to start coming out. It, maybe it was. I don't know. Maybe that's what color my brain is. Wow, wow, we, wow. <sighs> Everybody's sick. The whole world is sick. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like, and when I'm, I'm sick, and I noticed this this week, I really want soup. It's like the food that I crave. I don't know why that is. I think it kind of like opens everything up. But also eating soup when you can't bring like breathe through your nose uh, is kind of like getting waterboarded. Like your mouth is full of liquid. You can't like open your mouth to chew, which you can do with other foods. But you also can't breathe through your nose. When when did you get waterboarded? Was it the time you spent in the in that prison? Yeah. I mean, so I thought I wasn't sure if you were if you were tortured there, but I guess it's you were yes so yeah i guess you would have something to compare it to <laughs> eating soup when you're sick okay and waterboarding okay, okay. i should have just said eating soup is hard when you can't breathe through your nose is that better yeah okay Sorry. you did have faux three times so if you aren't retaining at least 10 pounds of water <laughs> i didn't i had seafood soup last night it wasn't even faux okay you had faux two other times yeah and pho, like soup plus if it's spicy soup really does wonders to open up the sinuses while you're eating the soup. And then afterwards, it's just like the worst. Yeah. Horrible. Anyways. Um, yeah. It's a, kind of a good reminder f- that the we can get sick. We're not immortal or immune. Um, but also like the I do feel better when I eat enough and I, I get a like reasonable amount of sleep so i guess we're lucky that we can do those things and we don't have kids that like keep us awake so if you have kids i'm really sorry that sucks but hopefully this week will be good uh yeah the holiday challenge is going really well for the people doing it thank you we're our fundraising total is almost forty thousand dollars which is nuts i can't believe it originally we were thinking 10 would be a good goal yeah and i remember getting to 20 and being like oh and now we're almost to forty thousand. that's amazing like it's it's cool uh not only to do something to give back but also just to see that there's so many like like-minded people in our community who if you give them an opportunity to donate to a good cause they will 
Or they really just want the Garmin watch. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Um, but it's awesome. I like my I remember when I was a kid, I have never done any significant amount of fundraising. You have. I haven't really as an adult. Uh my history with fundraising is like selling candy bars. <laughs> like candy bar fundraisers. Like door to door. Yeah. Or wrapping paper. Never like, did that. You didn't do that? You'd have like no. a magazine with all the different wrapping paper. And I'm sure it was just like ridiculously overpriced. And you'd sell it to your parents' friends, who I'm sure didn't actually want the wrapping paper, just like they didn't actually want the candy bar. Yeah. But they were, you know, they would buy it to support you. And that's why when when kids come around selling whatever they sell, what do they sell? I don't know. I'm always like, here, just have $20. I don't want that, but here's $20. And then I'm like, what'd you get? And you're like, nothing. And I'm like, what? For 20 you had nothing for $20? <laughs> I'm like, I got them off my front porch. There. How's that? Um, yeah, so it's it's pretty pretty neat to see that kind of work out. I guess there's not a lot of like we're one step closer to meeting Brandy Carlisle in person. Thank you, can, everybody. We can hope. Yeah. <laughs> um, How much money do you think it would take to be like we're donating this much money to your fundraiser for her to be like I would love to meet you. Thank you so much. Yeah. How slash, much would that be, do you think? Do you think 40 is enough? I don't know. I mean, we'll find out. But that's not, I mean, that's not our goal. It would be cool. But like, it would be a nice, like, byproduct of the efforts. Like, what if we end up being friends? I feel like we have a lot in common. She likes fly fish, fishing. We live in two places where fly fishing is really big. Neither one of us has ever been fly fishing. Will I fly fish? Will I learn to fly fish if it means that I get to <laughs> hang out with Brandy Carlisle? Yes. I will. It can't be that hard. She likes gardening. And I Catherine like gardening. likes walking, according to that one song. Yeah. So, yeah, I could I could walk. You could garden. Yep. So much in common. And we could live on a rock also, together. Mm-hmm. That's a biblical reference, which I know are your favorites. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyways, I guess that's all to say thanks for participating it's also been a really great uh challenge we've been getting lots of feedback on it personally i really like it um i feel like this week last week was hard because i was so sick i couldn't do a lot of the like movement um stuff that was planned which i was kind of bummed about just because i like doing that stuff anyways but this week feels different it's um a little more approachable as i'm sort of recovering like the breath work in the morning has been amazing did you do yours this morning? No. Huh. Yeah. No. I did do my water from week one. Yeah. Daily activity. Yep. Got that in. Um, and I am good at writing down like what would make my day. I do that naturally any er, anyway. Yeah. Like not necessarily in a sentence, but every single day I always, I say, okay, this is going to be the schedule for the day. What will make me feel successful at the end? What do I need to complete to have a great day? Yeah. Or what, even even in my own mind, like, I would like to have a couple of hours in the middle of the day to watch TV on a Sunday. That will make me feel successful. And that's okay too. But yeah. I, I do think about that stuff. Yeah. I think it's very helpful. Mm-hmm. So I did that. Yep. But I didn't do the breath work. But I, I could still do it. You could actually. It's like, you know, I'm doing the box breathing in the morning and it's not too hard. Like, um, you know, you're doing with box breathing with that rate of breathing, 
it is like two to three breaths per minute. It's really, really low. Um, but it's not too hard to do in the morning because you're laying down. Like I do it before I get up and do anything. So it could actually be a good thing to do in the afternoon. Maybe when you're... Is that when you do when I'm up like getting the day organized and you're still in bed? This morning, yeah, because... I and I I was acutely aware of that this morning when we got up at the same time because usually you do get up a little bit before I do, but this like this morning we got up together because you had slept in, and so you woke me up and I heard you you're like hey and then you were going downstairs, and I heard you like getting ready like doing the coffee and like getting the dog going and I felt pretty guilty about laying in bed for three minutes and doing breathing exercises but I said, you know what no I'm committed to this, so I did it. Good for you. Yep. Good for you. Thank you. Yeah. It did. <laughs> so I'm really proud of you Thanks. for staying committed to and that like, pro- that promise to yourself to do the breathing every morning. I'm yeah. really thankf- thankful for that. I came downstairs feeling like my, my nervous system was well set up for the day and there was coffee ready. It was like amazing. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just like, You're like ah! yelling. Are you like yelling at the dog to come back inside? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, we're having a different start to our morning. Yeah. No. It has really nothing to do with the breathing. No, no, it has everything to do with the schedule. Yeah. Yep. But anyways, um, all right, why don't we get into our topic of the day, which is going to be kind of a play on a goal setting post that we did last week. Goal setting is our favorite, one of our favorite topics to talk about. I feel like I could talk about goal setting all day with someone who wanted to talk about it. So and our like I would say our philosophy on it hasn't really changed over the last few years, but we've definitely become a bit more articulate about the the details of it and the why. I think before it was just kind of an intangible belief, and now we have kind of a vocabulary for why we have that belief and then also this is it's always really cool for me to read people like Angela Duckworth, who we we read uh not too long ago, and other just other people in the space and you read their philosophies or their take on goal setting on grit on seeing your commitments through. And you see a lot of your personal beliefs and your personal philosophies reflected back at you with actual data, which is really neat. So I'll let you start. Um, so the other day, Friday, Meredith made a post on, I think that the gist of it was make goal setting intentional so that you can be intentional about your actions and your behavior on a daily basis. And she kind of, she, she was recording it and I was sitting there and I think after probably like 10 minutes, you're like, Alex, what am I trying to say here? Like, what's the takeaway? You had some really good things to say, some good sentences, some good lines that we had discussed the night before. And I think we probably ended up getting into at least like a 30 to 40 minute long discussion about what we wanted to get across with that post. Yeah. And I think it took until you said it like my French, like my goal to learn French to, to kind of understand what we were trying to get people to not do and like what to do instead. Yeah. And so that kind of brought the post together. And so we thought it would be a good idea to do a whole podcast on it because then we started talking, like we got in the car yesterday evening and we were chatting about it. And it was just a really good discussion about um, 
why goals are so important and why and how you set how setting them is so important to yeah. achieving a goal. Like yeah. the the actual goal setting. I think people don't take that seriously enough. It's they're very willy-nilly with it or they they're very idealistic. That's a good word for but it. But they don't actually think in reality. Or think uh not even yeah, think about how that goal serves them and how the not even the goal, how the process of achieving that goal serves them. Or how capable they are of managing the goal in a in their circumstances, in their day to day life. Yep. Um and then I had a client say that she was struggling with her nutrition and she goes, I just do I think she thought a lot of people think that they're the only ones who struggle, which isn't true. A lot of people do, even at the very beginning. And I, she goes, how do I get myself in times where I'm struggling to adhere to my nutrition to remind myself of my goals? And I said, and I went back and I looked at her intake form because I was like, well, it will be helpful for this conversation to have a really clear idea of what her goals are. So I can bring that back and bring that up. And we also ask additional questions like, what are your fitness goals? Be specific if possible. What are your non-fitness goals? Be specific. Like, what is what are you most proud of? Just to kind of get a sense of their experience with goal setting and accomplishing things and what they're striving for. And I look back at her question, question the questionnaire and her que- answers to my questions. And this is no fault of hers, but she didn't really have any clear-cut goals. Yeah. And I, I, I thought to myself, now this may, may be where we can kind of get a handle on things. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have something you're striving towards, even if it's identifying a core value, yeah. then there's nothing to remind yourself of when times get tough. You're not, there's no focus. Yeah. Like you're doing something because you know it will benefit you. But it's like, but if you don't have an understanding of how or why, you're kind of just like swimming. Yeah. Like I know swimming's good for me, but where am I going? Yeah. And I can't set that goal for her. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I thought that that was, was interesting timing. And I, I think it, it would be fun to talk about yeah. and talk, touch on some very specific things that we've kind of gathered through time with our experience with clients. And then also on a couple of more recent podcasts that we've listened to as well. Yeah. Um, so I think the, and this is not the first time that we've talked about core values and we go back to it because it's such a fundamental, um, component of living a life that feels centered that feels like you're on the right path and it doesn't mean necessarily that you have to be achieving great things to be on the right path like it's just kind of like a feeling of groundedness like i am where i'm meant to be i am doing what i'm meant to be doing um and there are people who walk through life with that feeling who aren't making millions of dollars a year who who aren't celebrities on the internet like that's not what this is about um so we recently read uh, Angela Duckworth's, Duckworth's book, Grit. And she talks about this, uh, this character trait, which um, she's described, defined character traits in the past as basically core values and action. So core values are just things that are kind of your North Star, uh, things that are going to be eternally important to you in your life. And then character so a, traits. So a couple of examples. Uh, a lot of people would have the, the core value of love or of family. Like that's a, a core value. Health. Health. Um, 
like I, I can just like mine would be probably health, love and family, adventure, learning, and creativity. Those are just rattling off a few of mine. Most people can sort of pin down three to five. So, you know, how do you put those in action? That's kind of what she describes as like character strengths. So how do you live, how do you live your, um, how do you live your core values every day? And in this, this book, um, she describes a goal hierarchy that she didn't come up with, but it's essentially low level goals, mid level goals and high level goals. And the high level goals are kind of your, your North star goals. They're your core value goals. Um, you know, no matter what changes in your life, they're kind of just there. Um, low level goals are like a means to an end. They're the things that you do every day when people are setting like smart goals, quote unquote, actionable goals. Um, I'm going to go to the gym on, you know, Monday, Wednesday and Friday and do CrossFit for 60 minutes. That's a low level goal. And then the mid-level goal um, is the reason why those low level goals matter. So for someone who uh, they're a bit more tangible than the high level goal. Yeah. Like let's say someone has a low level goal of, I'm going to go to the gym three days a week, do CrossFit for 60 minutes because I value, I want to move my body on a regular basis. There's your mid-level goal because I really value my health. There's your high level goal. So high level goal, health, mid-level goal, I'm going to move my body, low level goal, I'm going to do CrossFit. So the way that they describe these is typically your your high level goals don't change. Um, your mid-level goals sometimes change, but not as frequently as your low level goals. So your low level goals, even if you, you, you do CrossFit for three or four years and then you switch, you're like, hey, I'm tired of CrossFit. That's not interesting to me anymore. I'm going to switch into uh, endurance running. I'm going to run marathons. I'm going to start running re- regularly. I'm going to run four days a week that still serves that mid-level goal that still serves that high level goal. So the, the low level goals are more, are more fluid. Those can change depending on life stage and, um, interests. And I think this is, there's a, um, a fine line between being like flaky and uncommitted and just sort of like moving, you know, having one season of life ending and, you know, refocusing in another area, but those low level goals can kind of change. But it's important that the high-level goal is there and the mid-level goal is there because without them, the low-level goal doesn't really make a lot of sense. So, wouldn't Couldn't the mid-level goal change too? And yeah. couldn't they be more concrete? Like, okay, I want to get stronger. So I'm going to go to cross, CrossFit three times a week or I'm going to refocus on strength training. Absolutely. Or I wanna get, I'm running a marathon. So now the marathon is a mid-level goal. Yeah. And so the low-level goal is like, what do I need to do on a weekly basis to achieve that to be prepared for that mid-level goal. Yeah. And then once you run the marathon, that goes away. Yeah. And those, th- it's just the mid-level goals don't change quite as often as the low-level yeah. goals. Yeah. And you could argue there are even like, f- there may be like four levels for some people. Sure. It's like, yeah. you know, the actionable goal, running four days a week, the marathon, the other mid-level goal, which is like, I just want to be like strong and healthy and be capable. And then, yeah, that the top-level goal is like health and wellness yep. and fitness. Yeah. So it's probably malleable to some degree, depending on the person. Certainly. Yeah. But when we, um, like the, the context of the post on Friday was it's important sometimes to think about that high level goal or even the mid-level goal 
um, to create purpose and, and meaning and that low level goal, um, which those are the goals that are susceptible to lack of commitment, I guess, because that's, those are the things you're doing every single day. And they're the things that you can put off or put away when work is busy or when your kids are sick. Um, you know, life gets in the way of lower level goals. Um, so if you can bring, bring back, bring the, the larger, the high level goal, the meaning back into focus, it can kind of help, um, with creating some, yeah, persistence, I guess, in the lower level goals, some grit, like steadfastness. Yeah. So how do you reconcile when someone says, I, I really want to, I value my health. I want to improve my general health. And they hire us because they're like, I don't know how to do that. I know that I need some help figuring this out. And no matter what you, you try to get them to do, they're resistant to change on the low level. Is it that they don't truly value their health? Like if that's not an actual core value potentially, or is it just that they haven't found the right path? or that there's too many other core values that are conflicting and prioritized over health. Like they maybe value social outings or social time or relationships or love more than they value health. Mm -hmm. And it's just, they can't, they, they need to kind of rebalance. Like, what is that? Like I, cause I'm sure a lot of people out there are like, I value my health. I want to be healthy, but they not like, there's, there's nothing supporting that core value. Um, that's a, yeah, that's pretty common. I think a lot of people know that they should, like health is this really interesting one because a lot of people know that they should value it. It's going to improve their life, but they struggle, I think, maybe because they've never had to, they've never had to focus on it before. There's never been an incentive. So I think it can help to look in, at what's getting in the way for certain people in, in their situation. So it might be that, you know, one person who's particularly gritty and doesn't really struggle with commitments, you know, they can get by no problem. But you look at, you know, maybe there's another person who doesn't have the character trait of grit, but they do have a character trait of uh, of connection and of caring for other people. And maybe that person routinely lets commitments to others, families, uh, friends, co-workers maybe they're they're the person who is doing more for others than they are for themselves i think that's a really common one a common situation to get into um so it's all about like you're not going to get that person who's just kind of the selfless doer to be okay with being selfish that's a really hard shift to make so you know, for that person, maybe you have to reframe it and you have to say, look, I know that you really like doing, uh, giving your time and energy away to other people. And, you know, in order to, to continue to show up in the best way that you can, um, to help and serve the people in your life, you do need to serve and help yourself. And you, so you can kind of reframe the effort a little bit. That's one like that's one scenario. It's like why choose a salad or why go and exercise and instead it's instead of reminding yourself like oh I I value health or I'm running a marathon it's I need to do this so I can show up in the best possible way for my kids 
yeah. this week. Yeah. Giving myself this time allows me to be a better mom. Yes. That I, I would think, be an example. Yeah. And you, we do get people who, who seem to understand that and they, they have already framed their effort in that way, which is I want to be there for my kids. I want to be there for my family. Um, I want to either, you know, be healthy. I want to set a good example. But it, it is already in the, the frame. They've reframed it in the, it will help me with that act of service. Um, so I think that, like, I think that can help. And that's part of, you know, a lot of the, the goal setting, the, the striving, uh, the way that fitness and nutrition is online. It's, you know, you got to work harder. You got to put your head down. You got to push, you know, you got to do hard things. You got to do it when you don't want to do it. You know, that's, that's kind of the messaging. So I think uh, a lot of people set goals thinking that that's the way. That's the way to, to get what they want, to make progress with health, to make progress with fitness. And we get that too. We'll say, what, what did you struggle with this week? And you get back, don't worry, I'm going to try harder next week. It's like, mm, yeah, I don't, like, I don't really want you to try harder. I want you to, to try correctly. Yeah, I want to dive deeper and figure out what the struggles are so that we can acknowledge them and figure out a path forward that might be better for you. Yeah. Trying harder, trying, 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 continually, like just not having success. There's there's no acknowledgement of what's going on. Yeah. Is it that the task is too difficult in your circumstances that you actually don't have time? Or is it that like you just are, you have a fear of failure? Or it could be many different things. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and going back to like the, the core values angle, when someone is struggling to... Um, to start or to make changes or get changes to stick. Like I would say starting with nutrition is especially hard, harder than, than fitness, I think, because it requires a kind of a ground up approach for people who um, have never focused on it before. Do you kind of have to learn a new language in a way? So I think it's, it's sort of about setting realistic expectations saying like you might not, have perfect macros you might not have a perfect food log you might not even have a perfect plate but that doesn't mean that you're not making an effort and that effort is serving your purpose because i think some people just you know they they see themselves failing or they they uh or struggling and they they paint that as a failure or i'm never going to be able to do it they tell themselves a really big story about their failures so i think getting people to tell themselves a smaller story about their failures is really important early on. Cause it's like, you can, you can certainly look at this as a failure or you can reframe it as I'm trying my best. I'm putting in an effort. I know it's not the outcome that I want yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And understanding struggle is part of it. Yeah. It's not going to be perfect. The, the people who have success aren't the ones who don't struggle. The people who have success are the ones who, acknowledge the struggles and just and yeah reframe them and use them to just push forward in many different ways whatever that looks like to the person the people who don't have success are the ones that face struggle and give up yeah a lot of people will only fail at something once and then stop yep and that's too bad i mean i failed at french every single day <laughs> before i stopped <laughs> uh no it's like an interesting it's an interesting topic so 
Um, there's a the con. I know that we've talked about this before. I can't remember if we've talked about it on our podcast or someone else's. But the ikigai, um, the concept behind ikigai, which is a Japanese sort of, it's core values. Like it's it's they it's it's core values. But it's this idea that in order to be doing what you should be doing in life as a a career, you have to, um, you know, you have what you love, you have what you're good at, you have what you're paid for. And you have what the world needs. And so it's like kind of a Venn diagram and they intersect the four circles. And in the middle is called your Ikigai. And that's if you can work there, you'll have a lot of um, satisfaction in what you're what you're doing. I think that the same thing. So I think if you replace like if we, we don't talk about this in, in the way in the context of career and what you should be doing for for your life's work or your purpose. I think if you if you pick out your four strongest core values and you do the same thing, you make like a four circle Venn diagram um, and you can work somewhere in the middle there. That's really great. And I'll give you an example. And like that's going to be something that's it's really easy to find the motivation to do that thing every day. Are you ready for my example? I am. I am ready and waiting. Okay. So I think like I mentioned. One of my core values is learning. Like I love to learn new things. So theoretically, learning French would serve that core value. But my other core values, um, let's go like health and fitness. So now we have learning, health and fitness. We'll go number three, we'll go adventure. And then number four, we'll go creativity. Health, learning, creativity, adventure. French, probably just serving the learning. Maybe adventure if I were to like go to France to France and do the catacombs <laughs> or something. But those other two, um, health, probably not. I mean, I would go there and just like binge on baguettes <laughs> and create. Well, it takes time away from the time that you want to spend working out. It There's does. also a time constraint. Yeah. Yeah. It pulls me away from adventure it pulls me away from being creative it pulls me away from exercise so i think that's for me why french didn't stick and it doesn't solve an immediate problem it's not like hey you're getting you're taking a job in french and like it's gonna be much easier for you if you can learn the language it's rare have you ever in your life thought to thought to yourself man this is an issue that i don't speak french yeah no i haven't and i think that's part of it yeah but it's like i Deep down, I was like, I think it would look awesome if I could speak. I would feel superior if I could speak French, another language, any other language, fluently. So that was uh, that was the French thing. Would I compare that to uh, a goal that I have, something that I want to do that I haven't started yet, and that is get a drone pilot license. So you think about what I would do with drone pilot if I had that license, and specifically for doing video footage. Um, I get to be outside moving around. So I'd be biking, hiking, skiing, getting that kind of footage. So health, uh, I would be biking, hiking, skiing, adventure. Uh, I'd learn something new, totally new, which is how to fly a drone and how to do the video editing from that footage. So now we're learning and creativity, which is creating content. So that's like this thing that is just, it's the intersection of all my core values. So if I were to set that goal and just if I were to have like the 
have the time for it. I mean, that's a kind of a given is you have to have the time to work on new things. That would be, that would be a no brainer. That would be so easy for me to stay committed to that because it would be, it would be so interesting and fulfilling just across my core values. Yeah, but I get that. But that's like, if you don't do that, you're fine. Yeah. Life will, will go on. True. No one's impacted. Mm-hmm. If you, let's replace drone flying with exercising and eating healthy. Yeah. How, there's, it's apples and oranges. Yeah. Because if you don't exercise and you don't eat healthy because it doesn't fall into your core values, then it would just be like the French, the French situation. Yeah. Where it's like, eh. Okay. Well, at the same time, just thinking through this as I was speaking, health and, and fitness let's just say health and wellness because fitness is, you know, maybe different for certain people. Health and wellness probably supports, you could argue that it supports almost every single other core value that a person could have. Yeah. Because it's, it's just the way that you only have one body and one brain. If you eat healthy and treat your body appropriately, you're going to be supporting your mental health, your physical health, I mean, those are both two very encapsulating things in your life that are going to build the foundation that you can jump off of in any direction you want. Yeah. So health and wellness is almost like a catch-all. It's like it supports, Yeah. for you, adventure. It supports creativity. If you're so mentally drained and you're exhausted or you're getting sick all the time, how on earth are you going to be creative? Yeah. If you're, if you value love and relationships and you can't show up because you're so stressed and you're not taking care of yourself and you're snapping at your kids or your wife, that's an issue. Like if you exercise, if you're mental, like it's really, it's no different than somebody taking care of their mental health. It's, it's, it's similar just in a different way. Like if you are, are, if you are struggling, like you should, you should seek help for that you should go to a doctor, like all of these things because they impact your like every other aspect of your life, I would argue. I mean, if your health starts deteriorating, it's it's going to impact your entire life. Yeah. Deteriorating by, like as a result of not living a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. As, it, as opposed to what, old age? Well, some people don't, like they just have shit happen. Oh, yes, yeah. of course, yeah. Yeah. Like it's not always uh, someone's choice to be in poor health, but some it is a lot of times within your control to be in better health. Preventative measures, for sure. Yeah. It's a good, if you, like, I think about it, like, finances. Like, I wouldn't say, like, giving a shit about my finances is a core value of mine. But, like, if I don't give a shit about finances, how am I going to afford the drone <laughs> that I want or the courses to learn how to fly it? Or the backcountry ski gear or the mountain biking stuff. Like you have there are there are certain things that are like if you want to do these things that are exciting and check a box for you, sometimes you have to do things that are less exciting as a means to an end. So maybe 
maybe health and wellness for a certain person is like an intermediary goal that supports a core value. Or maybe it's just... Well, what would be... That's actually a good angle. What would be... So talk through the whole... The low, mid, high-level goals. So in a way that maybe is not as traditional as people think. So where, you know, working out three days a week serves, uh, you know, it doesn't serve the mid-level goal of I want to be as strong as I can be. It doesn't serve the high-level goal of I value my health and fitness. Like walk through that hierarchy where it's it's maybe not as cut and dry as you might think. Okay, so take I'm going to work out or walk or exercise or be active three times a week. And that, that next goal would, would say so that I can f- show up for my kids for the rest of the day as a, just show up. I guess that can look different. Like just be a, a human being that's not stressed out. You have an outlet. The next mid-level goal would be, I guess these are all kind of interchangeable, but the next mid-level goal would say, like to feel good so that I can prepare dinner. I can go get groceries. Like, I guess they're all kind of interrelated or even like keep up with your kids, extracurricular activities. Yeah. And then the high level goal. I mean, it could be. Yeah. Or like when I'm 50 or 60, be able to go skiing with my kids, like, or be able to, yeah, to, to be able to drive them around, like as Just simple as that. A, a long life with them. Yeah. So what's the high level goal? What's the core value? The high level goal could be just family. Yeah. I think it's easier for me always to start at the top. I know, but, but I like I like starting at the bottom because it's, it's... But it does, it, 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 it's a reframing. It's yeah. kind of going back to what we talked about. I think starting at the bottom is, is more... Uh, more similar to how people need how people think through things in day-to-day life. So I like talking through it that way versus I like, think for health and fitness specifically. Yeah. Because it 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 can start with I mean you hear it all the time like you need to be doing this much exercise. You know, the government of Canada recommends this many fruits and vegetables a day. So mm-hmm. it's like people know what mm-hmm. they should be doing. I shouldn't be smoking. Like I should be doing this or that. Um so it is easy, in, specifically in health and wellness, to start with low level, yeah, and then work up. And, but maybe not so much for other goals. Like if you w- want to do drone thing, that would be like a mid level yeah. goal. And then low level is like, okay, how many how many hours do I need to commit to this yeah. to learn this by December next December? So then it would work down. Or yeah. like, okay, I value health and fitness. I'm going. I value fitness. Mid-level goal, I'm going to sign up for a marathon. Yeah. Low-level goal, talk to a coach. Coach is like, you're going to need to run 40 kilometers a week. We're going to do these on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Yeah. That's So there's different ways, I guess, of orienting. Yeah. I think the uh, – so the the post that we did last week, the, the problem solving, what problem does it solve? What does your life look like in five years if you stay committed to this thing? And then what does it look like in five years if you don't? I think that's speaking, that's going bottom to top because it does help. Yeah. Consa- it does help people who, you know, they have made a commitment to uh, improve their nutrition or they have made a commitment to exercise, but maybe they don't, uh, they don't have that, that well-established core value. They don't have a, a history of 
doing things with fitness and nutrition. So it can help. Okay. Maybe your core value isn't uh, fitness and nutrition or health. Maybe it is family. So walking through what, like, what about your current situation? Are you unhappy with, and do you want to change? How does that look in five years? If you keep doing what you're doing and then how does, how's your life look in five years? If you don't change anything and you just, you stay status quo. And so that I think can, you know, maybe the answer for someone is, you know, if I, if I stay committed to my nutrition and my fitness for the next five years, I can see myself being at a healthier weight. I can see myself being more active. I can see myself keeping up with my kids as they get older and and more involved in, in sports and outdoor recreation and things like that. I can see myself being happier for that reason. So there's your core value, right? It's, it's, it's keeping up with my kids, spending quality time with them because I have a core value of family and love and connection. And that's exactly where I was. I, I wanted to do that exercise with you because that's how you get their bottom to top. And that's yeah. why that question is important. And then you could say, well, what do you miss out on if you don't make these changes or commitments? And it goes again. It's like, okay, if I don't do this low level goal, the mid-level goals aren't supported, feeling good, showing up. The high level goals aren't supported. And if you think about it tangibly and not to sound negative here, I guess it would be negative. You're not solving this problem to get your health under control. Then your kids are the ones going to be taking care of you. Yeah. And that can be motivating and that can provide incentive. And that's not like a, that's not a shaming, like a, a you better do this or else thing. But <clears throat> no think, one's telling you that. No. You're talking, you're what, it's a self, it's a self-imposed activity. Yeah. It's asking yourself honestly. Yep. In five years, 10 years, we could say 20 years. Mm-hmm. If you're 30 or 40 right now, think about what you're going to look like or be like or feel like or what position you're going to be in when you're 60 and your kids are 30. Yeah. It's sometimes it's helpful to look that far ahead yeah. because all of these little little things that you're doing on a daily basis, they add up, they compound. So it's it's sometimes helpful in a year probably nothing will change. No. Maybe not even in five years. You'll be 40. But in 20 years and you're 60 and your kids are 30 and they're trying to live their life and they're going to be taking care of you, that can be something. And again, it's not to make you feel bad, but it's to say, it's to, to, to really articulate like, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. I am doing this so that I can avoid that and instead I can be thriving and be watching my kids grow and have success and all of these things and be able to get up and walk around and if they have grandkids, take care of them. So it's like, yeah, it doesn't need to necessarily be health and wellness yep. as a core value. It's family. And then to support family, you need that mid-level goal there of health and wellness. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when you're able to recognize that, it becomes a lot easier to stick with things when they get hard. Like there's that never quit your hard thing on a hard day. Cause it's like, the bad days are going to happen. You're going to have days where you, you miss your workouts or, you know, nutrition's hard or you just have a bad day. And without that, that sort of, uh, you know, roadmap or meeting or North star, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I know this, it's really easy to quit on those days. It is really easy to quit on those days. And then it's hard to start back. It's embarrassing to start back after you quit something. It's interesting that you made me do that exercise from the bottom up. Mm. And I'm saying this because when we started talking about core values and we sent out an email to our clients when we were in Africa about core values, it made me think about my core values. 
And instead of me thinking like, hmm, what are my core values? Like obviously health and fitness. And then I was like, well, I don't know. So what I did was I went down to the bottom. Hmm. I'm like, what do I do on a daily basis? How, like, w- what is that a reflection of? Yeah. Because I'm happy with my life. I don't necessarily need to identify what my core values are because I'm, I'm not, there's no issues in my life right now. I think before when I was working at the law firm that there was a discrepancy. And again, it was like, okay, what am I, do I look forward to going to work? Do I spend extra time at work? Do I hang out with my coworkers? No. So maybe like working in this field or giving back in this way or this mid-level goal of becoming a partner in a law firm isn't actually a goal that is for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I think that the like top to bottom core values exercises that people do, we've had people do them. They're, they're great, but they're idealistic. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, if you can, if you can design your, your life, uh, with no interference and you have control over everything and probably like money is not a problem. Sure. Go for it. Do it that way. But most, like most often you have certain things in your life that are, uh, a little more rigid. They're fixtures, constraints probably is the right way to, so how do you reframe those? Or like, how do those serve your core values? Um, and then like you said, if you're, if you're like a very content person and you're happy with your life, doesn't mean that you don't need to think about your core values, but you can probably think bottom to top and think like, what am I like, like who, who am I? Like, I'm obviously doing things the right way because I am so happy, but like, let's, let's think about this so that I can make sure that as I go through life, I continue to check these boxes and I don't, you know, I don't veer off path into uh, doing something that I don't, that doesn't serve me, that is going to make me unhappy inherently because it's, it's out of bounds with my core values. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the post to go back to solving a problem, because I wanted to touch on this. You said that there were a few people who brought that up and said, well, I don't have a problem. For example, your drone thing. Yeah. Drone license. There's a reason I used this and I knew this, this was coming. That does, like I said, if you don't achieve that goal, you're not solving a problem. No. Or you're not, the problem, there's no problem. However, and maybe you can take it from here. It's the problem is you're not fulfilling your core values. So the drone actually is solving a problem. Yeah. It's creating, it's fulfilling those core values. Yeah. The The question that was posed was what about uh, achieving or striving for a goal out of pure enjoyment, not because it solves a, a specific problem. And that's a like that's a fair question, um, because the the problem solving angle is pretty specific, and that's that's a, the the answer is two parts. Number one, most people or a lot of people come into they set health and and nutrition and fitness goals specifically because they are trying to solve a problem. So that's partially why we framed the post in that way. But then, like you said, uh, I I believe that not. Uh, living in a way that aligns and not endeavoring on things that align with your core values is a problem because it's going to lead to a lack of fulfillment and a lack of enjoyment in life. Mm-hmm. And in as long as you have the means and are able to um, 
enjoy your life, you should enjoy it in a way that's extremely fulfilling. That might be uh, that might be getting outside every day. That might be backcountry skiing, mountain biking. You know, learning something new. Maybe that's learning a language. <laughs> like that can that can be an extremely fulfilling task for a lot of people. Um, but I do think, like you said, I think that that does solve a problem, and that solves the problem of uh, of choosing to live in or or you know not choosing to live in your core values. Yeah. 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 I, that, that came up in a conversation I had with a client because, um, she had a, a running goal and, and kind of put that off, off to the side. She says, I, I think it's better if I focus on my family, like running ultra marathons is very time consuming. And I, I think I need to just table that for now. And I was like, absolutely. Like, I love that you're kind of considering these conflicting commitments that you have and, and really weighing out your decision and and then she said yesterday she goes I think I'm going to actually go back and and reestablish that goal. Um, and I asked her because I said you're going to see this in the post today, but if you don't set that goal, where do you see yourself in five years? Versus if you do, where do you see yourself in five years? Like, and she goes well, I I don't. There's not really a real difference, and I'm not really solving a problem. And I hadn't really thought that through about maybe she is solving a problem. Like it's, she needs to fulfill this desire to achieve in the realm of health and fitness. Yeah. So I thought that that was a, an interesting thing. Um, I was listening to a podcast, uh, it was um it was episode uh ritual podcast episode 713 with Gordo Byrne who is a he is um an ironman an uh, older now uh, like ironman guy he also does um it's not ironman it does he a, do like ultras? Uh, like Ultra Iron Man. Ultraman. Ultraman. Which I had never heard of. I can't believe that's a thing. But and anyways, he... um, His whole thing now, he's kind of like a, a bit of a life coach. He kind of does something similar to what we do. He coaches triathletes, but he also um, coaches mindset. And I think he's he's written a book. And what I... Or there was a few things I really liked in this podcast. And the one thing that I wanted to talk about today was his idea of the 1000 day plan. Mm. And I, I was like, this is incredible because if people sign up for nutrition and it's three months, yeah, that's the commitment for a lot of people. Six, sometimes people do six. They do this. Um, and I don't expect someone to jump into nutrition coaching being like, I'm going to sign up for three years. Or I'm, I, you know, I'm going to, and that nutrition coaching is just an example, but I think nutrition coaching represents a commitment to improving nutrition. Yeah. Um, and the, the idea of somebody committing to three years excited me. Yeah. His example was he committed to some tr- 
training for a triathlon and he's, I think he was going to do it in, at an elite level, he decided. So he goes, I'm going to commit to this to do it for three years because that's the amount of time it's going to take for me to formulate a educated and informed decision on whether this is going to be something that I should continue to do yeah. and understand the value that it adds to my life or what it takes away from my life. And I wish people could commit to 1,000 days. Yeah. with most things. I think there are a few caveats. I think understanding, I don't just commit to something for a thousand days. If you're like, this is awful. If you're somebody who you know that you absolutely just hate running, probably don't commit to a thousand days. But if you're like, you know what? I kind of like running. What most people do in my experience is they say, I'm going to sign up for a marathon in three months. And they go online and they download a 12 week running program. And they run the marathon and then they're like, that was fun and that's it. But had that person committed to a thousand days of running three or four days a week or a, th a three year marathon training program, or they hired a coach for three years, they could, they might be a two thirty marathoner, but they never gave it a chance. They set this like arbitrary timeline. And they checked it off the list and they checked it off the list. And it's the same thing with nutrition. It's this idea like I'm going to do nutrition coaching for three months and that's it. People, if people committed to tracking, and again, that's, there's nuance there. Tracking can be complicated for certain people. But if you tracked your food for three years, that would be pretty awesome. Yeah, it's like, it's like sticking with a commitment long enough to actually let it change your life. Yeah. If it's the right commitment. Yeah. Um, so his, to talk a little bit more about the, the thousand day plan and I'm totally on board. So this, this is why I wanted to talk about, do you have, I'm going to stop you really quick. Do you have a thousand day client? Cause I have a thousand day client. I, the one that I was just talking about said, I'm going to commit to you for a thousand yeah, days. I have one. And that's, it's crazy that, that, that I do because he told me that long before I heard about this concept in this podcast, he like very upfront thousand days. You got me for a thousand days. It's like, all right, let's do it. Yeah. I love that. I love it. I think, um, even as a coach, you feel a little bit of pressure because you know the, t the tendency for people they want, you, you, you want to make them feel like they're having success in a short period of time. Because if you don't, you, it, it's going to be the end of it. Yeah. Um, but when you get that person who's like, I'm in it, I'm in it and I trust you, then the world is your oyster as a coach, as a client, as that, that relationship. But if it's, if it's on a three month timeline, it's tough. Yeah, because you can have you can have conversations about about actual real life shit versus like, oh, that's your weight today, awesome. How like you know just the like shit we're on a timeline kind of conversations versus like I know that you're in this for the long game. I am too. Like let's actually let's like talk about some stuff. Let's get let's get down to it. Let's figure out you know how does this how does this scale up? You know. Yep. Um. I mean, I tracked, yeah, I tracked macros pretty diligently for, for three years. And I, I don't think at the one year mark, I was like, oh, this is totally, it was easy for me, mm -hmm. but I hadn't, I don't think I had realized the full potential of, of understanding my nutrition just yet. I hadn't gone through enough change outside of the macros to see, to see how that would impact my nutrition well, and it's not just numbers it's it's how you see tracking how the you know yeah. okay well i started tracking when i was not working 
and I was in, in school and then I, I went to school and I was still tracking. I'm like, how did that impact? Did that help me plan? Did that help support what I was trying to do outside of sport and nutrition? Um, and then transitioning into macro coaching and then having my own experience with, with macros. So it's, I think you can just, there's um like three, nothing changes in a year. No, nothing changes in a year. But also like, I don't think that you get to the end of three years or in the end of a thousand days and just are this fully self-realized person either. I think that uh, things change slowly and it's, you may not be able to even put your finger on what's very different at the end of three years, but you can sit back and say, my life is very different now than it would have been had I not started this journey. And I think that's, um, that's kind of the important thing. And it's, it's like, it's even things that, uh, you know, you say tracking your macros. Um, you know, if someone is, has financial goals and I like I always go back to the financial examples cause they're so parallel. But if someone has, uh, you know, spending problems or they're in debt or they just want to save more money, if they commit to just looking at their bank account every day, first thing in the morning, I'm going to like nothing else. I mean, it doesn't mean that this is the only thing that you can do, but I'm going to commit to looking at my bank accounts and my money every single day for a thousand days and then see how different your financial situation is in three years. Because probably what's going to happen is you're going to do that and you're going to start immediately paying more attention to your spending. And if you're paying more attention to your spending, maybe you you set up like an actual budget. If you set up a budget, you realize, okay, I have, you know, uh, an additional, I have $1,000 a month that I can invest or $500 a month that I can invest or put away in savings. Um, so it, it can just snowball like that, that very innocuous, tiny task of just looking at your bank accounts can snowball into actual behaviors that can have a dramatic and extremely positive impact on your life. And then you look back at that a thousand days later and it's like, I have, you know, I have a hundred, I have $200,000 in the bank that I wouldn't have had, had I not, had I not just started looking at my money every single day. Yep. And that's it. And that's also why it's so hard to pinpoint how, how a tiny behavior can change your life because it can just cascade into an entirely new way of living. And yeah. it's the same thing with, with health goals. It's the same thing with fitness. And I know like the big difference between eating and food and finances is that food comes with all the emotional baggage, right? Like it has, there's trauma attached to it for a lot of people. There's emotional eating. Um, you know, a lot of people can't get on a scale every day. But, you know, the data is really clear. People who do get on a scale every day tend to have an easier time managing their weight. You know, does that affect them in some other way negatively? Maybe. I don't know. I'm not suggesting that people do that. But. It, yeah, I mean, nutrition, it can, it doesn't have to be get on a scale every day. It can, it can be trap, plan your food ahead for a thousand days in yeah. a row. It doesn't need to be, find what's be right weight. for you yeah. and, and commit to that. Just figure out like the small thing that is, you're like, this is my touchstone. This is my cornerstone for nutrition. It's yeah. like, yeah, I'm going to eat the same breakfast every day for a thousand days, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that to, to, to just dive a little deeper into the 1000 day plan, his example that he, he said, he goes, we've all heard of the 10,000 hour rule. It, it takes 10,000 hours to become an expert. Malcolm Gladwell. 
I think it was it was articulated in um there was a there's a book a sports book out there. I'd have to find it and maybe okay. put it in the notes. Sports Gene? Yeah. Yep. And it, it kind of I think it was touched on in grit as well. Yeah. That that 1000 hour rule to becoming an expert. And he said you don't need 10,000 hours to become proficient. His argument is you need 1000 days of consistency. So for him as an uh, an an, an uh, ultra ultra man or iron man he needed three years to become proficient enough at swimming to have a reasonable swim time for an iron man which i guess is 57 minutes yeah he calculated that he needed one million meters every year for to reduce that that time goal by one minute one million meters one million meters to get one minute faster yeah so he would he said like the first three years is where you make the most gains. Yep. His other examples, weightlifting, fifteen to eighteen years. Yep. Calculus, eighteen to twenty one years. Finance, twenty one to twenty four year olds. He's also a finance guy kind of turned athlete. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so I was wondering, um in in your in your experience, have you like what's the, th- have you had a, a thing where it's like, holy moly, thinking back, that was kind of a thousand days. For yeah. me, I'm coming up on a thousand days of running. And interestingly, running with intention, not just going out and running before school for 10K. Yeah. I'm running with intention. And interestingly, my coach asked me the other day to do a little bit of a write-up on how I felt my fitness has changed with regards to running. And I added in how I felt mentally, physically, um, my perception towards training, all of, I kind of covered a lot of the basis over the, the past three years, really. Yeah. Um, and I feel my, I, I feel like running is completely changed for me in three years. I'm running over double the, the amount of, of kilometers per week. And mentally I, I feel better. Yeah. Like I, it, it's easier mentally. Things have changed. And now it's like, okay, now I'm a pretty good. I yeah. would say like, maybe I'll hit three hours for my LA marathon. That's good. And then now it's like, okay, now I'm proficient. Now it's time to get specific or in depth or decide, okay, now is this something I want to pursue further? Yeah. Do I want to become a 255, 250? Do I want to do more running and less CrossFit? Yeah. But committing to a thousand days, I mean, if I had to decide this, two years ago I'd be like I don't I don't know I feel like I just got started yeah so in your life yeah um the obvious one is I don't I mean I can't speak to swimming like my my youth sport because I just started doing it when I was really young so it's that one gets an asterisk but I'm sure there was a lot of hours there the like I picked up CrossFit as an adult in my mid-20s and I started that in 2012. And I would say, yeah, three years later, so 2015 was when I really started, I felt like I was really starting to make strides as an athlete. And I I like committed pretty early in the process to being as good as I could be just because it was really, really fun and it interested me. 
So I think that proficient, I was, I was quote unquote proficient as a competitive athlete in 2015. And then, uh, I became very competitive around 2018. So another three years. Would you argue for business, our business, I would say three years is a pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, I think just kind of finding our niche or not our niche, that's not the right word. Um, honing our philosophy, our coaching philosophy that took about three years to get to the point where we were like, Hey, this is, this is actually who we are as a company. And the the thing I love about that so much is that I, it felt like that happened. And then we immediately kind of like retooled our brand. Like the, the rebranding, uh, last year was perfectly timed for that. Um, and then, you know, our, like, obviously our content and our, our, our image, our marketing, like we don't have people who do that for us. That's us. Um, so I would say that our, uh, our media has improved quite a bit and that's been three years of learning. So but like visual, like graphic content, uh, video production, podcast production, that's all been the podcast is the youngest uh, thing that we have, but that's, you know, that's been three years in the works. And I think, you know, people look at, you know, what we can put out on Instagram with videos or on YouTube and, uh, that's taken three years. That's taken more than three years. Like, it's not just one day I like, we learned how to video edit and how to do that stuff. We, I'm being nice. <laughs> Thanks for including me on that one. Um, Okay, I I have been learning uh, video editing for like three years. I've been obsessed with cameras for 12 years. Like that's just, it, yeah, it, it, it didn't just happen. Yeah, same. I've been invoicing co- coaches for th- now almost over two years and I'm just learning how to use Excel as a calculator. Oh my God. So... I mean, who knows? Another year, another seven hundred days. We'll be writing macros, and I don't mean nutrition macros, Alex. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what other macros exist. Just but. wait. You have no idea. It is. It is fun to look back and think, "Wow, three years." And he also made a point, not in the podcast. I had to read some additional stuff about his philosophy, um, but he was saying that there's nothing wrong with doing something. I don't want to use the word half-ass, but not as intentional for a very long period of time and building consistency in something small. For example, going to the gym once a week for 10 years. That, while may not be enough to kind of tip the scale, and by scale I mean like in your fitness or just in your health or whatever, it can be a really good jumping off point to become really good, to implement more days, to get to the top, to later down the line, do five days a week. Yeah. That 10 years or five years of one day a week is 250 gym sessions. Yeah. You're going to know what you're doing in the gym. Hopefully <laughs> you're going to be comfortable. You're going to know where to go. You're going to know what to wear, all that stuff. And it's like, okay, we're going to ramp it up to three times a week now. Yeah. Like all those little things add up. Add up. Um, I do think that there's uh, a couple things to note 
with goal setting. And number one for me is do not have somebody else set your goals. You have to be the ones that set your goals, whether they're mid-level, high-level, or low-level. No, nothing, I'm sure my clients hate me, but they'll be like, well, what do you think? Because I'll say, well, what are, you, what are you thinking about the week? Do you want to maybe consider setting up some goals? Like one or two, like where do you think that there's, we'll get the most value? And, and they'll say, well, what do you think? And I get it. I'm the coach. Like I'm help supposed to be helping them. And I'm always like, well, what do you think? Yeah. What do you want for dinner? <laughs> and most of the time they're, they humor me. Yeah. <laughs> but I know it's annoying. It's easier for them to just be like, well, but rather it's like, Alex, I, it's like, I think about me and my coach and I'm like, I want to. I want to run this fast in this mar- like eventually. What do I need to do to get there? Yeah. And he'll and if he says, "Alex, you need to be running 100 kilometers a week." I'd be like, "I can't do that." It there's got to be some back and forth. Yeah. So it's like, "Okay, well then maybe we need to adjust your mid-level goal here and then that is going to define your low-level goals." Or um it's the same thing. It's like if someone says, I, I want to lose 10 pounds in, in a few, few months, it's kind of like, well, this is what's going to be required for that. Not that we really work in those terms, yeah, but it requires the, the client to understand what the requirements are for that and understand that the, what the low level goals are are and be able to commit to them. And then that kind of ties into making sure that you're setting daily actionable goals that are doable and that you feel confident that you can make a commitment and a promise to yourself to uphold that goal. I don't know how often it is that people tell me they're going to do something. They, that they don't do it. And it's, it's, they just, they don't make that promise to themselves and keep it. Yeah. So the crux is making is finding out how how to do that, how to build confidence in the client so that they f- can c- keep commitments and set commitments that are doable. And I think that goes back to that other goal setting post about kind of wading into the water. Yeah. First you set a commitment that is so dang easy and you do it. Yep. And that builds confidence. Then you can go a step farther. You build confidence in in that you can stay committed and that you can do do things. And they get progressively harder. But like we say, things that feel hard at first aren't going to stay hard. And then you get to go even harder. Yep. It's like darts. Like the first goal needs to be the wall. <laughs> yeah. Here's your dart. Don't You can't miss. Yeah. Instead of like, you know, making the bullseye the goal. That's silly. That's a silly way to set goals. Because yeah. the likelihood that you miss is so high. Yep. Um, I thought this was a great discussion, Alex. I did too, Meredith. Really one of our better ones, I think. Um, we don't, we're not big like New Year's resolution people. Uh, but we know that a lot of people are. And it's just kind of a, you know, it's a time of, change it's a symbolic new start and it's it's sort of i guess for a lot of people hard not to think about goals and kind of what you want to achieve in the coming year so i hope uh this has provided some some 
new ways to think about goals and setting them. And, you know, I think a lot of people, and maybe this will be my 1000 day commitment. I think that if you can, for 1000 days, uh, express gratitude or be grateful for something and like actually spend thought about like spend time in thought on what that is. I think that would be really, really powerful. I think a lot of, we spend a lot of time talking about health and fitness and what happens if you stay committed to your nutrition or stay committed to your fitness for a thousand days or even your finances. But like you also have to stay committed to, you know, being grateful for the life that you do have and all the good things that are in it. So I think that's, if you're struggling to like put your finger on what you want this next year to look like, maybe that's it. And I just came to that in the last like two minutes, which is why I said it just now. But yeah. On that note, we're really grateful for you guys. Uh, if you made it this far in the podcast, please send us a paperclip emoji. <laughs> Don't do this to me. Because what it. I do is I forget. I know. And then people send me a paperclip and I'm like, I completely ignore it. Because yeah. I'm like, well, that must have been some sort of weird typo. Nope, nope. this is the paperclip. <laughs> or episode. some people send it like way, like a month later. And I'm like, what? I know, I got a blowfish and a balloon on the same time. I got a balloon I this week that. and I was like, um, ha <laughs> <laughs> No, I like this. It's the paperclip this week. So. Okay. Um, yeah, appreciate you listening. Um, appreciate you participating in our challenge. If you're doing that, it really means a lot. And, um, yeah, hope you enjoyed this episode. Catch you on the next one. Bye.